0: Welcome to Joyfield and Jesus Led. I'm your host Tony Daniels, sharing real-life stories and practical tools that not only let you know you're not alone, but also help you become the emotional, spiritual ninja warrior you were created to be. A relational revolution is sweeping through God's people globally. As the training champion for Luke 10, my key question has been, how do we facilitate church in ways that grow healthy attachments to God and each other? Over the last episodes, I've been sharing the four S's that describe this shift towards healthy attachment. In this episode, I jump right into the third S, serving others, not pleasing them, keeping them comfortable, but deeply serving others in ways that invite relational connection with themselves, each other, and with God. Hope you enjoy. Hey there, Tony here, and today we're going to be finishing our series on the four S's of facilitating a relational revolution. And uh, we're on the fourth S, so I'm going to jump right in to how we serve people. And serve people is our last S in the four S's. So, really, the way that we serve the people that we're with most is by focusing on our process instead of our product. So often in education or in Christian circles we focus on this is this is the answer, right? You need to know the right answers. <laughs> so here's the list of to-dos, here's the list of right and wrong, memorize these things and this is just the way it is. Trust God. You know. And what we're doing really is we're sharing with them the The answers we've come to in our own life. So, I might, um, you know, be with someone and they're struggling in their marriage, right? And I might want to give them advice or tell them the answers that God brought me to when I was struggling in my marriage. Um, And while that could be helpful, maybe they want stories, and that's great. If they want stories, that's incredibly helpful. But, but really, what's going to help that person is to actually model for them in, in my story the process I used to get. To the answer I got, so for example, with me the process I used to hear that God has my marriage, right, or that God has my husband was I actually knew how to quiet myself. I could sense Jesus's presence with me. Um, I went to. Christ in my imagination, he held me uh, close to him, and he whispered in my ear the truth that I needed to hear inside my soul. Um, and and somehow that changed me within. So my process wasn't, I memorized a Bible verse and told myself over and over and over and over again to trust God that he's got my husband, he's got my husband, and therefore it changed me. Um, and and so the process I used, Um, is what's important there because Jesus told me what I needed to hear, but maybe you need to hear something different about your marriage. Maybe what you need to hear isn't the outcome I heard, but something different. Um, Also, you might need to hear it in the way I heard it, which was in your inner world, in your imagination, in your soul, with Christ himself holding you. So again, When we focus on the process that we are living and we share that with each other, we're deeply serving each other. Because now I'm giving you the tools you need in order to make meaning with Christ yourself, in order to make sense of the problems you're facing yourself with Jesus. And I actually give you those tools to do that. So, you know, if we go back, um, you know, it, it, it's very similar to the analogy of, you know, you can give someone a fish or you can teach them how to fish for themselves. Right. And it's very much like that. We serve people by by teaching them how to fish for themselves. And and yes, we can give them fish too if they need it. <laughs> only if they need it. But if they're not starving to death, they might not need a fish. Um, They might need something else actually. And if I can teach them how to discern what they need for themselves, then they can really get what they need. That makes sense. So process oriented, not product oriented. And that really is how we best serve people. And speaking of of facilitation and facilitating with Luke 10, that really is how we serve people. Um, When people start out with us, for example, we do an intro call with them that's a coaching call. And in that coaching call, the goal is not to get them into Church 101, you know, or get them into our training. That is not the purpose of that call, not the end product, right? We are, we don't really, we're not concerned with that end product. We're concerned with the process that everyone is using to make the decisions they're making. And so in that call, we um, do we do some gentle curiosity to induce their heart motivation. And then we lead them in some listening around that so that they can hopefully connect with God and their own heart. To discern what their next steps is. So to discern what their uh, end result is, for example, in their next step, uh, we're not going to tell them what they need to do. Um, we are going to show them a process and take them through a process that hopefully helps them understand their own heart and hear God's voice around that for themselves. Um, and then we trust them with themselves to make the right decision. <laughs> and we don't, we don't need to tell them what they need to be doing. if That makes sense. So that's the first thing we do is we're process-oriented, not product-driven. And we are going to be sharing, even in our stories, um, as facilitating this new relational revolution, we are going to be sharing the process that took us to the decisions that we made or to the end results that we had. Another way this deeply serves people is Luke 10 doesn't say, you should plant churches this way, follow these steps. Right. Or, hey, this is the way we're running our organization, so you should run it this way, too. Again, we're going to peel back the curtain and we're going to show you the process that we are using to get to those decisions that we made about how we organize our community, how we govern ourselves, how we go about planting churches, for example, or starting churches or nurturing churches. So we're not gonna tell you or prescribe to you things that you're supposed to do as an end result. We are gonna help you connect heart to heart with yourself, with God and with your community. And that's the process that we trust will lead To mission. It will lead to church planting. It will lead to vibrant families of Jesus. Because if you're connecting heart to heart with yourself and with others and with God, we trust God to actually lead you into his mission, how he is doing it. I hope that makes sense. So that's what Luke tens all about in this new relational revolution is helping peel back the curtain so you can see the process, the process that we are living together, what that looks like because that therein for us is the model, not the re- end result if that makes sense. So, In this, another way that we deeply serve each other in this new kind of way of being relational with each other, being church relationally, is that we don't shy away from topics just because they're uncomfortable. So, so many people, when they start facilitating in this new way, they're like, ooh, that question might make someone uncomfortable. So I don't think we should ask it. And in in our way of being, um I mean, one, we don't think Jesus ever shied away from questions because they made people uncomfortable. <laughs> in fact, um, when you look through the scriptures, you see Jesus asking, really uncomfortable questions over and over and over and over again, because he was inviting people into a new paradigm. He was inviting them to think differently about things. And when you're inviting people to think differently, it actually kind of puts them out of their comfort zone. So in many ways to deeply serve people, sometimes it means asking questions that might feel uncomfortable for them, but we do it in a safe way, as we talked about already with the safety piece of this S. But just think of some of the questions Jesus asked. Uh, What are you looking for? What do you want? Right? What's your heart looking for? And we ask these questions in Luke 10. You know, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. Uh, What do you, who do you say I am? Like, who do you, who do you say I am? Um, If you love only those who love you, what reward do you have? Right? That, that probably made them pretty uncomfortable. (laughs) Do you really want to get well? Oh, that was, that was probably a, a uncomfortable one too. Can you add, uh, w- by worrying, can you, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your lifespan? Hmm. Are you not of more value than the birds of the field? Why are you afraid why do you why do you still have no faith? I mean, these are pretty hard questions, but I'm imagining he asked them with such deep empathy in his eyes, with such an invitational voice, um, that they transformed the people, um, even if they made them uncomfortable, or they just made them uncomfortable, and those people walked away from Christ. There were lot, especially the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders actually were made very uncomfortable by christ and they left they did not follow him and some people could have said oh jesus you know what you're not really reaching the pharisees very well you're, you're making them uncomfortable <laughs> i know that sounds ridiculous to say but i i I've, i hear things like that often in luke 10 with our new facilitators right they're like oh, you're making those people uncomfortable and and i'm like you know what we're loving we're gentle, we're safe, we're setting them up for success, we're seeing them deeply. And yes, we're going to serve them too by asking questions that might feel uncomfortable. And if they want to press into growth and community, they're going to move into that uncomfortable space and grow and make these paradigm shifts. And if they don't, then they will walk away and that's okay. It's okay because many people walked away from Christ as well because they did not want in on this new relational revolution that he was, he was initiating when he was here. So some of the questions that we ask in Luke 10, the the biggest one that kind of makes people uncomfortable is we'll say, um, well, how does that feel for you? So if someone says, you know, I sense Jesus, um, hold me today. Or I was sensing Jesus say that, you know what, I need to, um, I, I need to quiet more and I need to practice quieting. The, the facilitator immediately asked, how did that feel for you? How did it feel for you when Jesus said that? How did it feel for you when that other person said what they said? So we press into the heart and we're constantly asking questions, gentle questions that press into the heart. And that makes some people very uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, and at the same time, it's a relieving, uncomfortable feeling because we're so thankful someone is seeing, someone is naming, someone is inviting me to look into my heart, uh, most of us. We also ask things like, what's keeping you from doing what you feel like God's calling you to do? A lot of times we get to our heart and people are saying, you know, I really believe God wants me to do X thing, right? And, and we're like, well, what, what could be keeping you from doing that? What could be holding you back? And we listen around that. And then we listen to, does God want you to know anything about what's holding you back? And we let God kind of coach uh, the people in our, in our communities, um, as opposed to us, again, telling them what they should do or what they should know already. We use questions, uh, sometimes uncomfortable questions. Another question uh, that we ask is, you know, how would your life be affected if you don't do what God's inviting you into? And again, some people get, they're like, I can't ask that question because that'll make someone uncomfortable. Well, (laughs) again, I don't think keeping people comfortable is what we're about. Um, We want, we are radically going after people's hearts. And Jesus did that too. And I, I so want people to live out of the heart God's given them and to have the safety and security and, and setting, you know, setting up for success and, and being seen deeply so that then they can face the things that are holding them back so that they can see, you know what, if, if I don't do what God's asking me to do right now, I think I would miss out. I would, I would be left out of this great revolution, or I would miss out on what God has for me next in my life. And I don't want to miss out on that. Great. That that's beautiful heart motivation to get to in your own life that actually spurs you on to love and good works and spurs you on to joy. I mean, joyfully, because you're finding your heart motivation for these things. Um, can I give you some feedback? That's another question that we ask that sometimes is uncomfortable for people. Um, we also do some what, what I call mirroring for people. Um, And this is, again, beautifully uncomfortable. um, But this is a one way that we serve people in this new relational revolution is, you know, if someone is crying as they're talking, I might stop and say, can you tell me what those tears are about? Can you can you put words to those tears right now? And that's radically different than what happens in normal life. I know normally if someone starts to tell a story about their past or about something that's happening at work and they start crying, maybe we make a joke to you know, lighten the mood so that they don't feel heavy. Or maybe we just go, oh yeah, I know how that feels. And we move on, right? Because we're uncomfortable with grief or anger or sadness and so we we move on as fast as possible in luke 10 and in this new way of 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 being the kingdom of god together relationally we don't move past these moments because we see that That's an opportunity to connect heart to heart right now with each other and with God. So I'm going to pay radical attention to that. And I'm actually going to give this person space to share about it if they want to. I'm going to deeply serve them right now. So I'm going to pause everything and I'm going to say, would you like to tell me what those tears are saying right now? You kind of started crying when you were sharing about work today or school today. And I'm just wondering what those tears are saying. Wow, what a beautiful opportunity for someone to be able to voice their heart and be seen, right, in the safety of this space. Another aspect of this, um, not not being comfortable for people or or asking gentle questions that are uncomfortable at times, is is just the concept of not pleasing people. We we we're not here to please people. We're here to radically serve them. And if if people want to be pleased, then they're going to have to go somewhere else than in this type of relational revolution, because they're not going to just uh, get pleasure or get their ears tickled, um, as the scripture talks about, um, but we're going to deeply serve. So I, I, sometimes I use that contrast to help me understand what serving someone means, because it does not mean pleasing them uh, necessarily. Another way that we serve people um, in this new way of being or in this relational revolution that's happening is that we, we're we really inducing their heart characteristics or their heart traits. So we pay radical attention to each other, so much so that as someone is living their life with me, I can identify their heart characteristics. An example is my son, Matthew. Um, As he shares about his day, you can tell that right and wrong are so important to him. You can tell that fairness is so important to him. And I can tell that his heart is for others. He would give his life for the people around him. He loves people. Um, and, And it it greatly disturbs him when people hurt each other. So I can call that out. I can induce that heart strength from him and name it for him so that he understands himself better. And and when the whole community is doing that for you, you really start to see how you impact others, what how you uniquely show up in the world because God has uniquely designed each one of us uh, for reasons that, that we might not even know and put us in a community that needs the strengths that we have and that needs the way the divine shows up in us. And so for as a community of people, when we do that for each other, it is so powerful, so powerful. My daughter, Anne, has incredible observation skills and logic that is amazing. She can logically think through issues very clearly, and she's a truth teller. She will tell you like it is. And um, we draw that out of her. Wow, Anne, you really observed that. Or Anne, you know what? The way you see this, This is so clear. It's really impressive. You know, I love that you can make sense of the world so clearly for yourself and for others. Um, And you have a stable heart. You really aren't moved emotionally up and down all the time. You're really just stable and centered. And that is a resting place for a lot of people around you. Right. So you can see how, as parents and other elders in my children's life do this for them, how powerful that serves them. And as community, adult communities together, we radically serve each other when we're educing, drawing out, drawing forth these heart characteristics from each other and naming them. Um, it's also beautiful, too, because when we know the heart behind someone, it gives so much grace to absorb whatever actions um, might hurt us or bump us out at times. So um, because I know that Matt, his heart is for uh, good and bad and right and wrong and distinguishing between those two things. You know, if he yells at me or or kind of explodes at me because he thinks I did something wrong, I can breathe deeply and know, you know, what he's he's misusing his his gift right now or misdirecting his strength. Um, no, you should never yell at your mother or, or, you know, try to correct me in this way, but I can value behind that the heart. You want mommy to do what's right all the time. So let's talk about that. Right. But, um, and and help shape the behavior while I'm validating the heart motive behind it, if that makes sense. So very, very powerful in community when we can serve each other this way. I think one last thing I'm going to say about this, because there is so much to say, is um, just about how we share in community who it's like us to be. And, And that goes along with those heart characteristics and those traits, because the people of God, as a people, have heart characteristics that God has put in all of us as a community. One of those, for example, is to love our enemies. That that's what God wants from his people is to grow into a mature place where we love each other deeply and we love our enemies. And, and so as community, when we are gathered together, if we are not acting like ourselves, serving each other means saying that it means saying, you know, love, uh, last night when you, you know, yelled at the family, that really wasn't like you and it wasn't like us. That's not who we are. We don't yell at each other, right? When we're upset, we talk about it. We share our feelings. We share our heart. We ask for what we need. We ask for what we want. Um, We don't yell at each other, right? So even that ability to speak truthfully, truthfully like that serves each other, Uh, When we talk about our identity and and who is it like us as the people of God to respond or act in these types of situations, right? Um, If I'm on a board meeting with Luke 10 and we're short funded and we all show up and everyone's anxious and worried about finances, right? I can go, yes, I hear that we're anxious and worried. This is a heavy situation. It's like us to listen to Jesus about this. Would y'all be willing to listen to Jesus how he feels about our finances, right? And then we all listen together because we know that's what it's like us to do. That's what it's like the people of God to do when they're in trouble is listen to God. <laughs> and so, and miraculously, of course, God meets every single person where they are, uh, meets their fears and their anxieties. And then on the other side of that, we're, we're in a totally different mind space to actually address the problems and the issues. So that's how we serve each other. Process, not product. Um, we're more concerned with with serving, not pleasing. So we push, we invite people into uncomfortable spaces through gentle curiosity, and it's gentle, right? Gentle curiosity revealing the heart motivation. We mirror what we're seeing in someone and name what we're seeing and invite that that deep heart-to-heart connection when those tender moments arise. Um, We adduce heart characteristics. We um, call out the identity of our group. So these are all ways that we serve each other, um, and that is – uh, very brief on all of those things, but I hope it's enough to give you curiosity to explore more and even to train with Luke 10 around how you can facilitate your family, your church, your small group, your business in ways that are more joy and Jesus-led. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of joy filled and Jesus-Led. Have you ever been deeply served by someone else who can adduce your heart and your strengths or by a community that can do that? I've discovered that it's almost impossible to offer this type of community to others or facilitate this type of community with others if you've never experienced it for yourself. Many of us were lacking mature elders in our lives who could invite us into maturity and healthy attachment. If you're longing to be served in these ways so that you can serve others, don't hesitate to start your training with Luke 10 today. LK10.com is the starting place. Until next time.